praise God. Second Chronicles. Now, um, I have decided to pick up in our series for tonight. I've been preaching a series on Tuesdays called Intended for Victory. I'm going to do a message out of uh, that series in line with that series tonight entitled Prayer Releases True Victory. Second Chronicles, I want you to go to chapter 14. Now, we're going to read chapter 14, verses 2 through 6. Chapter 14, 9 through 13. Then we're going to go to chapter 15. We're going to read chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, 8 and 9. Then we'll go to chapter 16, 1 and 3, and 7 through 10. And uh, seeing as that's probably challenging to follow along, we do have notes. It's written all the way at the top. Do you have them? Well, we should just keep singing then. His banner over me. No, no. His banner over us. All right. Love, love, love. Second Chronicles, chapter 14. Your notes are coming. Let's read verses 2 through 6. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to obey His laws and commands. He removed the high places and the incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at peace under Him. He built up fortified cities, the fortified cities of Judah since the land was at peace. No one was at war with Him during those years, for the Lord gave him rest. Go to verse 9. Chapter 14, verse 9. Zerah the Cushite marched out against him with a vast army, and 300 chariots, and came as far as Mersha. Asa went out to meet him, and they took up battle positions in the valley, and Asa called on the Lord, verse 11, Asa called on the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us. Everybody say, help us. Help us, O Lord our God. For we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are God. Do not let man prevail against you. The Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. <laughs> the Cushites fled, and Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar. Such a great number of the Cushites fell that they could not recover, and they were crushed before the Lord and his forces. The men of Judah carried off a large amount of plunder. Go now to chapter 15, verse 1. The Spirit of God came on Azariah, the son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with Him. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Go to verse 8. Verse 8. 
Well, verse 7, but for you be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Verse 8, when Asa heard these words of the prophecy, he took courage. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin, from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. In verse 9, Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin and all the people from Ephraim, Manasseh, Simeon, who had settled among them. For large numbers had come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord, his God, was with him. Go to chapter 16. This is just in case you didn't read any scripture today. You'll get your chapter in. Here we go. Chapter 16, verse 1 and 3. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Baasha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, the king of Judah. Asa then took silver and gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple and of his own palace and sent it to the king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus. Let there be a treaty between me and you, he said, as there was between my father and your father. See, I am sending you this silver and gold. Now break your treaty with the king of Israel so he will withdraw from me. All right, go to verse 7. The last verses that we'll read for this evening's time. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, the king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has, has captured. Pardon me. The army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army? with numbers and chariots of horsemen. Yet when you relied on the Lord, He delivered you. He delivered them into your hands. For the eyes of the Lord range through the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Man, I'm going to read that again. Verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range through the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you'll be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. Let's pray. Lord, in the remaining moments of the service tonight, this Sunday night, we pray that you would move in power that you would come and you would touch us and that you would reveal to us tonight revelation and how to move forward in the victory that you've intended for us. It is your plan for your people to win every time. It's your plan for us to overcome. And to him who overcomes, you'll give us right to the trees of life. You'll give us a new name, a stone with our new name on it. You'll make us pillars in the house of our God. And Lord, we pray tonight that as we look into these scriptures, these texts here in Second Chronicles, release truth that would quicken us and move us into the place and position us for the victory that you've intended. And we would not fail or fall as Asa did, but we would follow through even as he did in the first part of his reign. We thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
may be seated. You look at Asa's family. His father served the Lord, but not as wholeheartedly as he did. It was used by God. It says in the first verses there at 14, 2 through 6, Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Crisis came to the, the rule and reign of King Asa a number of times. The two times that we read here, one time he was powerfully used by God to see victory. God had intended for him as he led Judah and later Israel to, to have victory over their enemies. So this first encounter that he has with the Cushites, he has a tremendous victory. But the second battle that he has, he loses horribly. And let's look at this. Let's look at Asa's response to crisis. How do you respond in times of crisis? Listen to me now. Talk later. How do you respond in times of crisis? What do you do when the jig is up? What do you do when there's difficulties? What do you do when you don't know how to pay the bill, when you don't know how to get through, when you're facing an army exceedingly vast, bigger than you? Bigger than your own resources, how do you how do you deal with conflict? How do you deal with crisis? We see two ways of dealing with crisis. This first one is this Egyptian invasion, and if you look at verse eleven of Second Chronicles fourteen, he prayed, and Asa called to the Lord his God. Asa prayed. Fill in the notes. He did what? He prayed. Prayer is. As one great theologian said, prayer is the slender muscle that moves the hand of omnipotence. God's right hand spans the universe, says the proverb, says the psalmist. That's a big hand. I mean, I just prayed out of big enough hands to palm a basketball. His hand, he can palm the earth. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he's got some big hands. And his hand is not slack. His arm is not short. He's more than able to do for you in the midst of your crisis. Asa understood that at this time in his life, and he prayed. He didn't just pray. He prayed correctly. Now, what do you mean by that? I'm going to talk about how he prayed correctly. But let me say, when you spend time praying with people, you can understand whether they're in the Word or not. Now, I'm all for fervent prayer, but fervent prayer that doesn't pray forth the Word is prayer that's powerless. You see, the, the, the promises of God, or we say the promises of God, the promises of God are the basis by which you pray. So when you get a promise, you step up on that thing or get on in it like a howitzer and you mow down the opposition with your promise. You stand on that thing, you declare it, you proclaim it. I love what Todd Waller said. He was here earlier for our leaders meeting. He was driving. He was in need of work. He had no work. He had put out 40... He put out 40 bids. He's a, he's a contractor. Had nothing coming in. So he started talking to God and started standing on the promise of being a tither. And he started declaring and proclaiming what we call tithing rights. Actually, your dad gave it to us. Seamus. Tither's rights. Lord, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. You said you'd throw open windows of heaven. Lord, like I need to be hooked up right now. However, he prayed it. He got on that promise and he prayed it. It wasn't but a few moments later when he rolled onto one of his jobs. The phone rang and he got the next, he got a bid that he put in a year ago. He said he was a little bit short with the client because he was weeping and crying in the presence of God. 
There's a way to pray correctly and there's a way to pray incorrectly. Asa prayed correctly. Let's, let's look at how he prayed. Look at this prayer of Asa. Asa called to the Lord as God. He said, Lord, there's no one like you. He recognized God's power. There's no one, the Lord, there's no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us. He prayed correctly. He recognized God's power and God's mercy. God is all-powerful, but He is a merciful God. And he, and he called on His help. He called on His mercy. Look, He asked for help. I've known lots of people that are so prideful that they just won't ask for help. I've known other people that ask for help when they can help themselves. God wants you to ask for help. Look, the, the older I get, the clearer it is to me that I am very dependent on God. When I was younger, I, you know, was strong and strapping young man, had hair, all that. But as I've gotten older, I realize all of that doesn't really mean anything. I love what Jim LaFoon said to me as he put his arm around me and said, Daniel, I'm impressed with very little in life. He kind of talks like that. He preaches real loud, but when he talks to you, he kind of talks like that. I'm very, very much not impressed with most things. What I'm impressed with, I'm not impressed with anointing. I'm not impressed with giftings. I'm not impressed with talent. I'm not impressed with money. I'm not impressed with any of that. What impresses me is somebody who lives a, lives a, a long life, loves his wife, stays married, and raises godly kids. That's what I'm impressed with. And I thought, ooh. The longer I live, the more I realize I'm completely dependent on God. And, and, and dependent on His mercy, dependent on Him for my help. If you look at the prayer that he prayed, his faith was not in himself, but in God's power. And I just love this last verse. Now, if you can get a hold of this. Watch this now. Everybody say, watch this. Verse 11, he's praying. Help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. We what? We rely on you. And in your name we have come against this. In your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are God. Do not let man prevail against... Who? What's your Bible say? Don't let man prevail against you. Some versions say, God, don't let man prevail against you. Now, it's interesting to me. Here's what's interesting. Here's Asa with his people, with his army. He's gone out to battle. And who is he just said? He said, God, they're fighting against you. Are they fighting against God? You see, his perspective was that he, he was God's army. He was God's son. He was God's heir. He was walking with God. They were God's treasured possession. And this battle didn't belong to them. The battle belonged to the Lord, like Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat knew that the battle was the Lord's. It wasn't his. And he says in prayer, God, look at all this army. Don't let them defeat you. You see, he understood that his life was intertwined in covenant with God. You've got to understand that your life is not your own. Now, if you live based on your life being your own, then you are on your own. But if you really understand the, the Scripture of, of Romans 12, that we're, that we're to be like a, a living sacrifice for Him, you really understand covenant, really understand what happened on the cross, 
He died in your place. The old man, the old you, died. And we've been resurrected in the Spirit, made new, made alive, born again, born a second time, not by the will of man, but by the will of God as we've chosen Him. So we're new creations, no longer the old, but we're new. We're grafted in. We're God's heirs, co-heirs with Christ. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Baby, when you come into a battle and you're up against it and there's a vast army before you and you don't know how to win, you don't have to worry about it. All you have to do is remain in Jesus, call on His name, call for help, and watch God come and wipe them out. Asa understood that. And that's exactly what happened. They had this huge victory. He fought, look at three, he fought and had a great victory. Verse 12. However, later on in Asa's life, invasion of the northern kingdom, Israel, he ends up paying for help from Syria. Big mistake. I don't know if you ever had to deal with a bully in school. You ever had to deal with a bully in school to try to take your lunch money? He is always going to come back and take your milk money. He will always snatch your milk money until somebody stops the milk money snatcher. He tried to, look, don't, you can't placate the enemy. You can't make deals with the enemy. You, 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 can't, you can't just pay him and expect him to go away. That's not how it works. That's what he does, though. He... The invasion of the northern kingdom, Israel, is basically coming, to, coming down to attack. And he pays Syria for help. This is in chapter 16. Now his strategy has succeeded for Israel stopped, but he's rebuked by the prophet. He's rebuked by the prophet, and his rebuke is that he didn't, he didn't trust God. And he settled far less than for what God had for him. God's intention for him was total, total victory, but instead he tried to placate the enemy. And he gets angry with God. How to have victory? How to have the victory that God's intended for you? All there in your notes? How to have victory? Recognize God wants you to win. The first point tonight in the application of these texts is, number one, understand clearly have a revelation that it's God's intention for you to win all your life. All your life. It's God's intention for you to have victory. That's what His intention is. But we must pray. Everybody say we must pray. We must pray. Prayer expresses our faith and dependence on Him. I talked about dependence on God this morning, about the glory of the Lord. We talked about the kabod, about the doxa, the glory as it's expressed through Scripture. Moses cried out, Lord, show me your glory. I can't go from here, Exodus 33, unless you come with us. He expressed his dependence. The older I get again, I am still more and more dependent on God. I'm so encouraged by these Sundays. It's like, it's like having a conference every weekend for me. It's awesome. I mean, I just can't believe I have the privilege of preaching and sharing a fourth time in one Sunday. You just say, how's that? Aren't you tired? I am so refreshed. I'll drop dead later. Yeah, I'll, I'll fall on my face later. But right now, man, I'm encouraged. I'm refreshed. I feel like a stallion, praise God. I just can't hardly wait to see what he's going to do. I'm filled with strength and vigor and fire. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. Well, why is that? 
Because I'm in the will of God and I'm relying on His strength. I was calling on Him and praying Him all week, and I'll do the same thing next week. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me, God, help me. Because there's a dependence. I, you know, I know that God is. I've been told that God has given me a gift to be able to communicate. I'm thankful for that. But I will tell you now, I'm outside my gift range. I'm way out. Help me, God. I'll start stuttering and stuff. When you, when you depend on God, you rely on Him. Prayer is the, is, the, is, the, is the evidence that you actually do rely on Him. Let me say, if you don't pray, you really probably don't rely on Him all that much or have an understanding of what it is to pray. We must pray. Prayer expresses our faith and dependence on Him. To pray, we must overcome some enemies of prayer, and I want to talk about those. There are enemies. Being comfortable. Thank you. Being comfortable is an enemy to prayer. Aren't we supposed to be comfortable? God has given us everything for our good pleasure, absolutely. But the, the enemy is so against us praying that you know, it just makes sure that you're just too tired in the morning to get up. One of the reasons I force myself to get up, and I will tell you it is very painful, especially tomorrow morning. I'm just looking for the bus that hit me. My physical body's like, you're, you're staying down, dude. And in my spirit, I've got to say, I'm getting up and I'm going to morning prayer. I will be here for morning prayer at 5.30. Why? Because I understand if you can't learn to put your flesh down, you will begin to yield to it. I understand that. It's not a matter of works. And, and, and morning prayer, while as great as it is, it's not my great time of intimacy with God. But it's very, very important corporately that we learn to pray. And, and if being comfortable was a priority for, for you, you won't get up. Watch out for comfort. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to wear a, you know, a, a burlap sack under your clothes. You don't need to torture yourself. But don't let your comfort dial dictate what you're supposed to be doing for God. Don't let circumstances dictate your vision. Don't let circumstances hem you in. Be moved by vision. Be motivated by what's right and a dependence on Him. There's some enemies that we're overcoming. Being comfortable is one of the enemies. Another enemy is having a worldly mindset. Well, que sera, sera. Doris Day. Isn't that Doris Day theology or something? Whatever will be, will be. <clears throat> Wrong. There are things that will not happen if you don't pray. You see, there's, we can cripple heaven by our prayerlessness. To get into a, do, do, do you want to hear about this a little bit for a second? Okay, forget it. <laughs> Look, there, God, for some reason, has, in His infinite wisdom, has allowed us to co-labor with Him. And if we don't agree, see, it's a jurisdictional thing. An Alaska police officer can arrest people in Alaska. They can't arrest people in New York. Why? Because it's out of his jurisdiction. When, when Adam and Eve sinned and they forfeited the, the title deed to the earth, the God of this age took the title deed. His name is Lucifer, Satan. So literally, it's... it's it's a jurisdictional thing. God gets somebody to agree, gets somebody over into his family, 
to live in that district to get somebody to agree with so he can move. It's not to say that he can't move in the earth without us praying, but there is some truth to the fact that if you don't pray, God's hand is limited in moving. Do do you understand this, or do I need to do a whole sermon on it later? Well, we'll do a whole sermon on it then, later. It's very important to understand your role in the earth as God's representative. You see, the God of this age, we've talked about this before, but when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he said the last temptation, all of these, all of these, tem- tempta- all of these uh, kingdoms are mine, and I give them to whomever I will. When I first read that, I thought, what a liar. You're a liar. Devil, you're the father of lies. But actually, all of the kingdoms of the earth are his until they've been taken over by God's people and turned into the kingdoms of our king. You see, so, so he, when he said that to Jesus, just bow down and worship me, and I'll give these to whomever I will, for they've been given to me. Who gave them to him? Satan gave them to him. I mean, pardon me, Adam, Adam and Eve, thank you, gave them to him, you see? So he, wanted to give, he was going to give them to, to Jesus, but Jesus knew better. He was offering them a shortcut. You've got to watch out. The enemy will also always offer you a shortcut to try to get the job done. You, you've got to do it the God way. The enemy tempted Jesus with a shortcut from the cross. But Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross, and rose again so that he might bring many sons to glory, that we might then be like police officers, ambassadors, ministers of reconciliation, standing on the earth, proclaiming and declaring, your kingdom come, your will be done, and then going out and forcefully evicting, in the name of Jesus, demonic intruders, taking territory. All right. That's going over some of your head. I'm sorry, we'll have to preach on it later. But you've got to understand that prayer is critical to to you accomplishing the victory that God's intended for you. You cannot do it without prayer. And a worldly mindset would be like the case Sarah Sarah thing. Well, if God's will, then He can bring it about. I preached the other night. If you missed it, man, it was a good word. I encouraged myself with it. You've got a will to do God's will. Just because it's God's will, people take that as an excuse for inaction. Well, it's God's will, so it's going to be done. Wrong. God, you have to will to do God's will. You have to, you have, to have a, a, a stubborn, godly determination to bring about the will of God on the earth. The third thing about we must pray, you're going to take prayer a lifestyle. Prayer is what we do. That is what you do. You need to be in prayer. You need, and I don't mean like in a prayer service, but I mean that's good too. You need to be in prayer. You need to have prayer as a part of your life. And not just praying over your food. Lord, thank you for this grub. Bless it. Amen. You, you need to have, develop an intimacy in prayer. Look, I'm going to say this. I'm trying. If you don't like praying, you've missed a point of intimacy with God. And and what I mean by praying, there are many types of prayer. There's soaking prayer. That is personally my favorite. What is that, Pastor? That's when I put on some like really smooth, anointed, instrumental stuff. Invite the presence of God to come. Let Him come on me, lie down, and stay there. I'm not asking for anything. I just bask in His presence. Just let Him come on me, and I soak. It's called soaking. Anybody ever take a hot bath? All four of you. Well, if you've never taken a hot bath, I'm telling you, it's pretty great. Especially, <laughs> oh. Can I tell you the greatest hot bath I think I've ever had in my life? All right, I will. 
Tom took me up to Hatcher's Pass with a snowboard. We climbed up one of the peaks. I mean, almost all the way to the top. You saw us, Barry. We climbed almost all the way to the top. By the time I, we were going to make it to the top, was no way going to quit. But my legs started going to full cramps. And I don't mean kind of cramping. I mean rock solid, could it get in out of a cramp. And I was dehydrated. And I thought, well, this is going to be an interesting ride down the mountain. Tom took off, like the stud that he is, whisking away in the snow. God bless him, he stopped a few times for me. And when I took off, my legs gave out right on the first cornice. I just face planted, got snow stuffed all the way up my jacket. I proceeded to fall down the entire mountain. I would go for a little bit, wipe out. Go for a little bit, wipe out. By the time I came to the flats, you know where that little cafe is? You know where those little uh, cabins are right there? There's a little bay window. You can get hot cocoa and watch the people come down the little mountain. I watched people watch me come all the way down and just totally devastated. My legs at the end, I could not walk. I was post-holing up to snow this deep. I was on the flats. I couldn't walk. My legs were totally in, totally, total cramp. Wouldn't let go. No water. I lied down on top of my snowboard. Praise God my upper body wasn't like that. And I pulled myself out like this for 500 yards. Seemed like an eternity as I prayed in tongues and worshipped the Lord. I couldn't hardly walk back to the car. I finally was able to get back to the car, saw the youth that came with us. You guys didn't understand the torment that your pastor went through. I hope one of you guys prayed for me. I got back to the car. I went back to my house with, you know, just calling on the name of Jesus. Help me, God, help me. I went back to the house. I put a scalding bath up, all filled the thing all the way, dumped a thing of Epsom salts in it, got in that bath, and I can't tell you, it was awesome. My legs began to, like, relax a little bit. I drank a bunch of water, and I sat there in the hottest bath that I could possibly take. That's the, my favorite kind of prayer. Soaking. Prayer is not just following a tabernacle model or following the pattern of the Our Father. There's a lot of pa patterns of prayer. The, the Our Father is a pattern we use in morning prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You start with worship. Then you go into the second part. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you worship Him, thank Him, worship Him, praise Him, read a psalm maybe, rejoice in His presence. Then you go into praying for His will, the things that are on His heart, people to be saved, His kingdom to be expanded. You pray through that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. The third part is you move into provision. You pray for God to provide for you. You pray for God to provide for the church. You pray for God to provide for His people, for missionaries. You, you pray for His daily bread. But man shall not live by bread alone. I always add this. But it, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Pray for revelation. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray a binding a evil demon power. Pray. This is the pattern, the Our Father. Are you following me? You bind demon power. Deliver us from evil. You keep us from temptation. Deliver us from evil. You pray that God would do a preemptive strike on the strategies of the enemy. These are patterns of by which to pray. But that's not the only way to pray. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. That's the pattern of the Our Father, but those are tabernacle prayer. 
the pattern of the tabernacle of the outer court and the inner court and 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 the the bronze lever and washing yourself with the water of the word and and entering in eventually into the holy of holies there's the um, there's another model that some call the, the the ripple method if you take a rock and you, and you drop it then it, and it hits water and it begins to send out a ripple you start with your own life you start praying for all your needs everything that you need you move to your family you move out from your family you pray for your church pray for your pastor pray for the body of christ you move out from there you pray for government leaders you pray for alaska you pray for your nation you move out from there you pray for nations of the earth you, you, you like a ripple you move out there's a lot of different ways to pray but you must make it a lifestyle you have to make it lifestyle. It's foreign to the church in Western, the Western church. Totally foreign. Am I encouraging you? Asa was able to win the first battle because it was not only God's intention, but the brother prayed. The second time he tried to pay. Oh, that's good. If you don't pray, you will pay. And you'll lose. And there's no amount of paying that can take the place of praying. Come on. Are you guys getting it? Make prayer lifestyle. I don't want to. Something's wrong. Ask yourself, what's the problem? Sometimes people have an unworthiness issue. They, they don't feel worthy. They don't feel, they don't feel worthy. So they're just like, I, I don't want to pray because... I just, I don't feel like I'm worthy. You've got to get a revelation of the blood. Some people are all in sin. I'm going to tell you something. You won't pray if you've got a sin condition. So repent. Come on, everybody say we must make prayer a lifestyle. All right, God's speaking to us. We, As a church, we've moved way beyond what we can do with ourselves. I'm just telling you, we have. We've, we've stretched. Got stretch marks. Why? We're, we believe, I believe with all my heart, otherwise I'd, I wouldn't have done it. I believe with all my heart we've obeyed God. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but we've, we've obeyed God and we're stretched. Now there's no way we can continue to, to uh, touch the city of Anchorage without prayer. God's got to raise up people. You know, praise God for our ushers coming and, and different people being a part of it. But if that goes on for two years, how many of you know that would be bad? Yeah, we've got to multiply ourselves. Amen? We've got to multiply ourselves. And the only way that will happen is if we pray. You life group leaders, we talked about that. People are coming. Your life groups will grow and explode if you pray. We've got to pray. We've got to make it a lifestyle. got to be like Asa when he prayed, not like him when he paid. And as individuals... I'm convinced that God is one of the foremost lessons that He's serving up in this hour is a complete dependency on Him. And I'm convinced that He'll set things up, allow for things to happen, so you find yourself short and having to ask Him for help. If you're not dependent on Him, you lose out. You really begin to make an idol. I want to prophesy again so that it's recorded. Deborah and Jonathan Bell, God bless you. Greetings from Alaska. Thank you for all of your service and pouring into the people here over the years that you did, the three years that you were here. I prophesy your third child. Get ready. It's going to be wonderful. I believe it's a girl. 
God's going to fulfill everything He said over you. Don't be worried. That low-grade fear that would want to come, bind it. God's going to give you your third child. Lord, bless them, I pray. Amen. Would you all stand up with me? Did you get something? Let's be like, God's intention for us is victory. Let's be like Asa, a people that pray. How many of you in a battle tonight? You're in a battle. You're in a, okay, for those of you that don't know you're in one, you're in one. All right, Revelate Newsflash. Everybody here is in a battle. And if it's not for you, it's for others. You know, my life has moved beyond just battling for my own personal needs. My life is really more about battling for a region and for other people. God's blessed me. I'm good. Marriage good. Kids good. Just moving forward. They're going to get older, go off to college. You know, all of that. Not so much about me anymore. Although I'm contending for my family, contending for people that are estranged from me that I love. You know, that part. But God wants to bless you so much that you move beyond your own self and begin to touch a region. In fact, uh, Wendy Dean said this. I'm mindful that if I build God's house, He'll build mine. That is absolutely true. So come on, let's, let's just come before Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we stand before You. Lord, and we see this vast army, the assignments of the enemy. Lord, in trying to get us over into a being a people that are prayerless, we will not be prayerless. We will make prayer our lifestyle. Come on, recommit yourself to prayer. We make prayer our lifestyle. We decree it. Lord, we've had challenges. Our flesh has gotten in the way at times. But Lord, we understand that your intention for us is victory. And Lord, without prayer, that victory will be limited. So we ask now for a mantle of prayer to come upon us. Lord, help us to see a a bringing about of the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week prayer vision. Help us that to happen. Help a prayer movement, Lord, to be stirred up not only here, but within the body of Christ. Lord, thank you that you're doing that. Thank you for the 24-7 burn that's going to come up over at Crossroads. Lord, cause there to be a birthing of, of, of prayer warriors. Raise up Marys of Bethany. Raise up people. Give us eyes. Give us a revelation of prayer. Open our eyes to the importance of spending time with you. Whether it be in a model of prayer, whether it being soaking in prayer, petition requests, intercession, with all kinds of prayer for the saints. Lord, give us a burden, we pray. Give us a mantle to pray. I want to say this as I close. Dr. Morocco reminded me when he was here last. His his father was a chaplain at CFNI for a while. Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. And um, they had a funeral back there when his father died. And he went back to Christ for the Nations and he was there and and um, Larry Lee, who some of you remember who that is. Larry Lee came up to him and prophesied over him after the funeral, this same mantle that was on your father is now coming upon you in a double portion. And he laid hands on him. Let me tell you, the mantle of Dan Morocco was that guy was a praying, a prayer warrior. I mean, a guy who prayed on fire all the time. He's the one that birthed and started our morning times of prayer. Thank you. (laughs) He birthed that thing. He started it. 
Dr. Morocco had the hardest time getting up. This encourages me. Had the hardest time getting up for morning prayer. But the moment his father died and passed and went on to glory, and he got that word from Larry Lee about that double portion anointing coming for prayer, at 4.30 in the morning, bah, his eyes opened up. Oh. As soon as he got back to Maui, his eyes opened at 4.30 and have opened at 4.30 ever since that day, some 20 years ago now. So what are you trying to say? I'm telling you, there's an unction, there's an anointing that will come on you and you need it. You've got to ask for it. You've got to understand your dependence of prayer. Now, God, we pray for that. Come on, ask God to give you a revelation of prayer. Lord, give us a revelation of it. Make us a house of prayer, I pray. Lord, even tomorrow, this week, we'd see many gathered here for morning prayer, more online than there have been. Lord, you'd help us, Lord, to be faithful this entire week to show up. Come on, how many of you say, I'm going to show up to morning prayer? I can do it. All right, how many else? Anybody else? Good, good. Come on, just make a... Make a 30-day commitment, all right? 30 days. If we've got 30 days, go for morning prayer. All right? Let's believe for that. How many of you say, well, I can't do that because of this and that. i got to go to work, whatever. How many of you say, well, I'll pray an hour a day? All right. How many of you say, well, pray an hour a day? Good God, I'm, I'm, I don't have time for that either, but I'm going to pray more. I think everybody could pray more. Some of you are like, I pray three hours a day. What do you mean an hour? How many of you say, I could pray more diligently and faithfully. I could pray more. That should be everybody. All right? Let's ask God to help us with that. Lord, help us to be a people of prayer. We're, we have moved beyond our natural abilities, Lord, to be able to do church in three locations. There's provision that's needed. There's leaders that are needed. Lord, if you don't do it, it won't happen. But you said, you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Say it. I will build my church church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Lord, you said I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Cause us to pray to see a release of your power such as we have never known. Bring the revival. Bring the reformation. Bring the movement. Pour out the oil. Set the place on fire. Bring the new wine. Bring the wind. Bring the... Bring it! Jesus, come in your power, your kingdom. Let your name be made great again in the earth. We thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're not right with God, every head bowed, every eye closed, want to give your heart to Jesus tonight. Anybody all across this place, maybe those online, if that's you, just pray and say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. I believe that you died and rose again. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Father, I pray for those who just prayed that, that you touched them, that you filled them with your spirit, you'd satisfy them with the richness of your house. In Jesus' name, would you take someone by the hand? I, I hope that you got something from God tonight. So glad you turned out. Praise God. When the battle comes, don't worry. Because it's really the Lord's if you're abiding in it. You abide, you remain in Him, the battle's His. Amen? To those enemies that come against you, they're really God's enemies. And He'll deal with it all. Mine to avenge, says the Lord. Father, thank You for what You've done tonight, what You did all day long. 
for your presence, your power, your glory. Bless your people this night. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace that passes all understanding. Guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And use us. Use us to display your glory. Use us to pray your prayers to seek the kingdom of heaven released in the earth. Stir up the gift of the evangelist within these people here, Lord. And they'd invite people to church. We'd see people saved. Our whole family saved. Stir up, Lord, a spirit of the evangelist upon them. Signs and wonders that flow through them. Work miracles through them this week. Divine appointments. The blessing and the favor of God be upon you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We'll hope to see you Tuesday night, 7.30, youth, children. God bless you. Tuesday night, Holy Ghost night. We'll see you then. Praise God.